Rusty Quill presents. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. feel lonely sometimes. Some of us never really feel like we're not alone, even when we're surrounded by people. For guys like me and our main character, that means slinking out to the bar, secreting yourself away somewhere dark and comfortable where it's okay to be a man on his own. Thing is, that kind of lifestyle can wear on you. It can get too comfortable, and the loneliness might end up becoming your only friend. You become a man alone, sitting at a bar, waiting for friends you barely know who might not show at all. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of West Side Fairy Tales. This is your host, author, writer, and producer, Tyler Bell. We've got another great story for you today about a man who let his loneliness get to him, even though he might seem extroverted on the outside. This one's subtle, and there's a lot of background hints to what's actually going on in the story, so don't be afraid to rewind if you think you've missed something. Before we get to the story, however... I want to talk about a book I read recently. 
The Historian by Elizabeth Kostova is flat out fucking cool. Without spoiling anything, it's a book about vampires, and maybe even finding the real Count Vlad Dracul, the real-life inspiration for Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's an incredibly dense book, spread out over multiple points of view and time periods, with characters from different generations finding the notes, books, and recordings of the other protagonists to take up the search in their generation. It reads like a mix of The Da Vinci Code and Bram Stoker's Dracula, which itself features in as a major part of the book. If you like challenging, history-heavy reads, or even true crime, this is probably the book for you. Now, without further ado, here's today's story. They all come by. And two dead after drunk driver crossed the center line on I-75 today, the woman on the television said. At least, that's what Nelson heard. He looked up at the television only occasionally between sips of beer. Sad shit, that's all it ever was. Sad shit and disappointment. And the human race and himself. Fuck television. Police are searching for the suspect and... Nelson pulled a handful of sweat off his face and wiped it on the starchy shoulder of his work shirt. Humidity had bent up the tip of his tie permanently. Hot didn't cut it. This place was sweltering. He polished off his beer and had to bite back against the stomach acid rising in his gut. He'd forgotten to eat again. Another one, Nelson, the bartender said. The guy was Johnny on the spot about these things. Nelson nodded and the bartender smiled. He had ugly teeth. You want the usual? How about a shot? Nelson shook his head. I think I had a few shots earlier, he said. I'm fine with beer. Coming right up the bartender said, sliding off down the way. Nelson patted his coat pockets, trying to find his phone. The guys were coming by, and he didn't know if they knew where to find him. If he forgot to answer the text again, they'd roast him for it at work. Rumors of him being a lush were already making the rounds. Nelson tried to make out the time on the screen of the television. The news lady looked god-awful tired and almost barely hanging on. He wondered if people with fancy fucking jobs like that had to work the graveyard shift, same as schlubs like him, and he figured, yeah. Probably. No dice on finding a clock, though. The one over the bar was broken and stuck at 6.30. Like both hands had just given up and slowly slid down to the bottom. He raised his hand for the bartender. Hey, bud. He asked. Yeah? Hey, man, what what time is it? Nelson asked. The bartender looked up at the clock. 6.30, he said. Nah, that, that clock's broken, man, Nelson said. You got another one? Nope the bartender said. How do you know when to get off work? Nelson asked. The bartender shrugged and picked a glass pitcher out of the bar sink. Black water had scummed up the surface of the glass, but it came off easy enough as the bartender polished it. I get off when the next guy comes, the bartender said. Nelson rolled his eyes and looked at the door. Bluish light leaked through the slats in the wood and the scratches in the painted over glass. Ages of faded band flyers shingled the walls to either side held up by a rusted forest of old staples. The longer Nelson looked at that door, the more he imagined a cool breeze rolling through it. It was a nice thought, but it was always hot these days. Hot and humid. Enough to make a man start thinking unkind thoughts when the hours stretched out between drinks. The bartender set his beer down beside him and Nelson took a drink. He took a drink and shuddered at the warm, bitter brew. It wasn't his favorite, but they didn't carry that around here and beggars couldn't be choosers. Nelson looked around and found another guy sitting a ways away down the bar. 
bloated fat hung off the guy in rolls, and Nelson almost shivered thinking about how hot the guy must be with all that extra insulation. The man wore a brown shirt, rendered nearly transparent from the rivers of sweat pouring down off his brow and rounded neck. His throat had pushed into the already loosened collar and distended and warped it so that it looked out of place at the top of the shirt. He wore brown pants, and a matching brown suit jacket hung slung over the back of the chair. Hey, partner, Nelson said, standing and walking over to the guy. The fat man turned his ponderous head and gave Nelson a shocked look. Are you talking to me? he asked. Yeah, buddy, Nelson said, putting on a winning smile. Who else? People don't talk to me much, the man said. Bleakness rolled off the man in waves. His little blue eyes and the rest of his face were squished into the single tiny square by the preponderance of fat on his head. But otherwise he seemed affable enough. Nelson figured he probably worked in accounting or human resources. Depressing people always worked with numbers or people. Well, let's put an end to that, Nelson said. I'm Nelson Figg. I work in sales for Walther, Dunbarton, and Loeb. He smiled again and the man extended his hand. I'm Kevin Pulowski, he said. I'm in accounting. I'm uh, freelance right now. Freelance meant the same thing as in-between jobs, Nelson knew. He gave himself a couple points for guessing Pulowski's gain right off the bat. I used to know a few guys who worked for Walther and Dunbarton. And Loeb, Nelson corrected, gently. Kevin gave him a confused look, but just nodded. He smiled again, and Nelson could see each of his tiny little teeth. Hey, bud, you, you got the time? A few of my friends are coming by, and I just, uh, I need to know what time it is. Maybe even give them a call. I forgot my phone at home. At home? Kevin smiled and laughed. I never heard that one before. <laughs> Where else would it be, right? Nelson gave him a confused look, and Kevin's smile faded. Something caught in the big man's throat, and his pale face turned suddenly beet red, then a dark purple. He began to cough violently. Nelson hopped down off the bar stool and started patting the man on the back. Oh, Kevin said when he'd regained his faculties. Oh my, I'm so sorry. That's been happening lately. I, <sighs> thank you. Kevin took a sopping wet handkerchief out of the pocket of his suit coat and dabbed his face with it anyway. Nelson glanced at the television over the bar and saw the newswoman had undone the top button of her dress. Even the grainy resolution of the old television showed a curve of top-notch breast. He could barely focus on what she was saying. Found the man dead of gunshot wound in the restroom of a local... Uh, but like I was saying, Kevin interjected. Nelson blinked and looked back at the man. He'd been talking for a while, it seemed, and Nelson hadn't heard a thing. But he did it so naturally, Nelson figured the man was used to prattling on without an audience. I don't have a watch. Or I do, but it's at home. With my phone. Kevin's eyes twinkled a little with the delivery of that last line, and Nelson realized he was making a callback to the line about the phone. He laughed out of politeness, and then ratcheted up into near hysterics when Kevin's fat face split into a grin and the man started laughing along with him. Kevin even went as far as to lay a hand on Nelson's shoulder to steady himself. <sighs> I normally don't laugh like that, he said, looking toward the door. You said you have some friends coming? Yeah, Nelson said. Soon enough, though, people like to keep me waiting. He shrugged and gave Kevin his best rakish smile. Kevin smiled but broke eye contact, tapping his fingers together and looking at the emptiness beyond the bar. Yeah, he almost whispered. I know what you mean. He tapped his fingers on the bar a few times, then gave Nelson a hopeful look. Hey, can I tell you a story? Nelson looked at his beer, then drained it and raised a finger. The bartender came by in an instant, filling the glass and sauntering off back to his dishes. Sure, bud. I got time, Nelson said. 
He thought he heard the bartender scoff. Okay, Kevin said, turning his chair so he was facing Nelson full on, hands up in front of him like a referee. I've wanted to tell this story to somebody for ages. Go for it. Okay, so once upon a time and all that, there was this furniture store. It was a pretty run-of-the-mill store, you know, couches, chairs, bed, drapes, uh, everything you might expect. But what made this store really special was there was these two floor-to-ceiling curtains that hung on a rod in the window dressing section. They weren't any different, really, than the other drapes. They were red, same length, what have you. Only these drapes could talk. The drapes could talk. Yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Are these drapes going to go on adventures, Kevin? Nelson asked, leaning back and taking a sip of beer. 
I don't know if I have time for Lord of the Curtain Rings. Very funny, and no, Kevin said, clearly a little miffed at Nelson for interrupting, but chuckling along all the same. They couldn't leave or anything, they just, you know, talked to each other. And they'd have all sorts of conversations, sports, politics. They'd even talk about what the ladies that visited would wear. You'd hear them getting a spat over whether this lady or that shoes were in fashion or didn't fit right. And they'd really get into it too, you know, like really in depth. If they got into an argument about 1040 EZ forms or something, they would start going on about it, whether the boxes for the routing numbers in Section 11B were really big enough for most people to write in or... Hold up, Nelson said. Kevin paused, chest heaving. He'd really started getting into the story. Don't let me curtail your uh, enthusiasm, but tax forms? Really? Oh, okay. Uh, They'd get into arguments about, I don't know, elephants. Anything, really. But if it was elephants, they'd get incredibly detailed. They'd argue about whether the tusks were really white or off-white and how big the toes were on most elephants and whether ivory is bad or not. If you got them going for a while, the arguments would even surpass logic and they'd start going off on tangents about atoms and the nature of time, all, all kinds of stuff. So, anyway, uh, you'd think the owner would be all about having this sort of sideshow in his business. It brought in tons of people, you know, having talking drapes that'd argue about anything under the sun. And good arguments, too. There were even a few lawyers that came in and presented cases to the drapes just to help prepare the arguments for court. But the thing was, none of these people were ever buying furniture. They'd come in to watch the curtains go at it, arguing about which of the Marx brothers are funnier and that, but they wouldn't buy so much as a chair. And to make matters worse, the curtains' arguments would sometimes spill over into the real world, or uh, into the crowd, I guess you'd say, and those people would start taking sides with the curtains. It could get pretty boisterous. As a matter of fact, one time the curtains had an argument about whether or not pencil lead, you know, graphite, could give you lead poisoning or not, and it got really out of hand. Crowds formed. People started waving signs and all that. The poor owner couldn't fit customers inside the store, much less keep them around to actually purchase anything. So the owner starts thinking of things to do. He figures maybe he'll just throw the curtains away or even burn them. But he doesn't want to do that because they're part of a set, and it'll throw off the feel of the rest of the displays. Kevin paused, and Nelson realized he was supposed to chime in. He made the most of it, leaning in almost conspiratorially and waiting a beat before saying, Then what? Well. Kevin said, scooting his butt around in the chair so he could lean further forward. His grin had managed to beat back some of the swollen flesh around his face. He doesn't do anything. He's paralyzed by fear that whatever he does will be the wrong choice. It gets to him so bad that one day he almost loses it, but instead he goes up to the curtains and asks them what to do. So they start arguing about the situation immediately, and it's in the middle of the night and the crowds are gone, so the owner just has these two loud argumentative window hangings duking it out in front of him. One says you should burn us, and the other says you should donate us to the Smithsonian, and then they start getting really graphic, as far as talking cloth gets. And this goes on for nearly an hour, both curtains going at each other, steadily upping the ante on whether they should be destroyed until the shopkeeper has had enough. He takes a deep breath, points at the curtains and screams, Pull yourselves together! At the top of his lungs! Kevin leaned back in the chair and pantomimed the shopkeeper, wiggling his fingers in the air by his head. And? Nelson asked after a second, now legitimately interested. And they did, Kevin said in a stage whisper, because they were curtains. Nelson gave him a confused look, holding his beer and his free hand out to his side. He shook his head, then got it and smiled. (laughs) Well, he said chuckling, 
did they ever speak again? Curtains can't talk, Kevin said in a deadpan, turning away from Nelson in a smooth, practiced motion and looking blankly over the bar. Nelson's jaw had nearly dropped. Kevin stayed there, motionless for a few seconds before Nelson saw the fat man's jowls start quivering. A second later, he was doubled over with laughter, howling and slapping the bar and sneaking peeks at Nelson. You should have seen your face, he said between gasps. Nelson laughed along with him, half worried that the fat man might expire from the effort. Oh man, that was worth it. Nelson sipped his beer and leaned against the bar. You wouldn't believe how long I've been waiting to tell that story to someone else. Someone else? Nelson asked. The bartender brought him another without asking. Yeah, Kevin said, wiping the tears from his eyes. My mom used to tell me that story all the time. You don't say, Nelson said, leaning against the bar. Yeah, Kevin replied. She, uh, didn't know any bedtime stories when I was a kid, so she just made that one up for me. Pretty great, huh? Yeah, pretty great, Nelson said. They sat in the silence of the bar, listening to the occasional static from the television. Nelson realized he'd forgotten how unforgivingly hot it was inside that place for just a few minutes. A few minutes. He still needed to find a clock or a phone or something. Hey, uh, Nelson? Kevin said, his wide face friendly. You hungry? I know this great place over on Walnut if you're ever trying to get out of here. I have the feeling this place doesn't serve food. He leaned in close. And if it does, it's probably not the kind you'd want to eat anyway. Nelson smiled. Thanks, bud, he said. But I've got some friends on the way. He stood. And, uh, if you'll excuse me, I'm gonna hit the head real quick. Kevin smiled and nodded his head, then extended his hand. Thanks for sitting with me, he said. Nelson shook his hand. People don't often do that. Sit with me. Listen to my goofy stories. He smiled. Thanks. No problem, bud, Nelson said, pointing a finger gun at him. Bang. Hey, you want another one? Throw it on my tab. At least I owe you for the story. No, no thanks, Kevin said softly. I think it's time for me to, uh, roll on out of here. Well, all right, Nelson said, leaving the big man at the bar and heading for the restroom. He glanced at the television on the way. The news lady had unbuttoned her dress a bit further, and now a hint of red bra showed above the fabric. He smiled, only half hearing the news as she read it. Pulled out of the water by the Roebling Bridge after more than four days. If the bar was hot, the restrooms were sweltering. Harsh yellow light from a cloudy bulb over the sink strained to fill the ugly little room. Nelson tried the door to the first stall and found it locked. Faded yellow caution tape covered the second stall door, along with a handwritten out-of-order sign. Everything else was layered with brown paint and years of graffiti. Nelson even picked out a few Japanese characters. He did his business in the last stall, which itself deserved some caution tape and a sign reading, Stay the fuck out. Chips of plaster lay on the floor from when somebody had smashed part of the toilet bowl to pieces. Somebody else had still tried to use the toilet, and the mess inside threatened to overflow. Nelson had to hold his breath to keep the sour beers down. Jesus, he whispered under his breath. Hey, somebody said a few stalls down, from the locked one he figured. Hey man, you out there? Is somebody out there? Uh, yeah, Nelson said. The voice belonged to a man one with a long history of smoking from the sound of it. Nelson paused to look at the stall door, then turned to the sink. A steel-bladed fan with a four-wire protective cage whirred beside the cracked mirror. Nelson held his face up to the fan and swore it was only making the room hotter. Broken motor, maybe. Hey, man, the guy in the stall said. Hey, man, my name is Lester. Uh, okay, Nelson said, 
fidgeting with the handles to get the water to come on. Hey, man, I'm, I'm sort of stuck in here, right? Lester said. I got some stuff to say to some people, though. I, I gotta let them know. Don't we all, Nelson said. He couldn't get the water to run. Normally that wouldn't be a big deal. He went without washing his hands all the time, but not with other people in the bathroom. And maybe he could throw some on his face, cool himself down a bit. God, that would be nice. Hey, man, you gotta help me out. Ain't nobody else can do it, Lester said. They're all out there somewhere. You're bound to see them. In the bar? What bar? Lester asked. Nelson swore and slapped the side of the sink. Bud, don't push my buttons right now, he said. It's too damn hot. No, 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 Lester said. Whatever you say. Look, I need you to pass this on for me. Nobody else comes down here. Sure enough, nobody talks to me. You just pass this on for me, please, if you see him. See who? Nelson asked. My family, Lester said, sounding on the verge of tears. There's May, my wife. You, you tell her. You tell her I love her. And I didn't mean any of those things I said. I was angry and scared, and I, I love her so much. You tell her that for me? Ah, uh, sure, man, Nelson said, still fiddling with the sink. And my daughter. My oldest daughter, her name's Liza, Lester said. She's my oldest, firstborn, you know. We were going to name her Lester if she was a boy, but we named her Liza. Probably good we did that. Lester was my daddy's name, too, and he was a piece of work, just like me. Probably good we didn't continue that. Okay, Nelson said, bending down to get under the sink. You, you tell her I love her, too, Lester said. Nelson paused when he realized the man was actually crying. She was a good girl. Always good to me, her mama, everybody. She was a good girl, and she deserved better than what I could give her. But she did fine all the same. Working her way up, even though her daddy wasn't much more than a line cook to the day he died. Hey, what do you mean by that? And Safai, you tell her I love her too. She's my youngest, Lester said. She's so goddamn beautiful. She's 12 years old last I seen her. And she says she's going to be a school teacher like her mama, and I believed her, yes sir. That girl was smarter than her old man from the get-go. Lester started crying. Hey, hey, buddy, Nelson said, feeling awkward in the cramped, smelly bathroom. There's no call for that. I'm sure things aren't so bad. Man, what do you know, Lester said, his voice suddenly venomous. This life is nothing but turmoil and hardship, never having enough and always needing more. It's a motherfucker till the day you die, and even then... God damn it. God damn it. He sniffed and blew his nose. The noise sounded strangely hollow, and Nelson thought he could hear something else below it. A sort of gentle, metallic clinking. Man, I'm asking you. Can you tell him that for me? If you see him. Lester asked. That's a lot to remember, Nelson said. I don't even know these people. I don't know what they look like. They're your family. Why don't you just get the hell out of there and tell them yourself? Telling myself, Lester said. Man, forget you then. I'm just asking a little favor. It doesn't take much to send a message on down the line. Just tell them what I said. If I see them. If you see them, Lester said. Man, I'll do anything. Anything if you pass that on. Anything but get out of that toilet stall, huh? Nelson said before he could stop himself. Lester howled at him and then started banging on the stall door, the one with caution tape over it. The noise reverberated through the cramped space like pistol shots. Nelson found himself holding his ears and heading for the door. Alone at the age of 92 with no known friends or family before EMS could.
Nelson tried to adjust himself back into a semblance of normal back inside the bar, but the sticky wet heat of the place was deep into his skin. His suit jacket felt plastered to him through the shirt underneath. His fingers pried at the knot on his tie, trying and failing to loosen it. He figured the silk must be stuck in place. A fresh beer waited for him on the bar. He looked around. No Kevin. Hey, Nelson said, flagging down the bartender. Where'd that big guy go? Kevin something, Polish last name? The bartender looked at him. The man's big hands were drying one of the pint glasses. His fingers were long, thick, and hairy. Gone, the man said. He settled up. Oh, Nelson said. Well, I hope he makes it home okay. I'm sure he'll be fine, the bartender said. Nelson nodded. Oh, uh, there's some guy back there in the bathroom having some sort of breakdown, Nelson said, jerking a finger back toward the restrooms. Hell of a place to do it, too. Think someone should, uh, check on him? It seems someone already has, the bartender said. Yeah, but he's fine, the bartender said, sounding a little irritated. Nelson gave him a look in the man's side and set the glass down. He got laid off. That's it. Just, uh, needs a little time to come to grips with things. Same as anybody else around here. Wow, Nelson said, taking a sip of beer. He looked at the front door where the bluish light was shining through the cracks in the old black paint. He wondered where Kevin had gone off to. Did he say dinner? Yeah, uh, mentioned some family. Were they coming by, you think? I doubt it the bartender said, picking up the glass. If you'll excuse me. Nelson watched him walk down to the end of the bar. Somebody else was down there now, near where Kevin had been sitting. But this guy was out in the tables instead of at the bar itself. Nelson stood and walked over to the guy, not quite feeling as confident as when he'd approached Kevin. Something about the squat little man with his lumpy round face and his nervous eyes bothered him. Hey, buddy, Nelson said, smiling his best smile. His Walther Dunbarton and Loeb salesman of the year for three years running smile. The smile he flashed at himself every day before work. In his big, empty apartment on Maine for the last three decades. It was a smile that worked. A smile that got results. What do you want? The little man said. No, not little. Nelson realized the man was actually just curled up on himself. He might have been quite tall if he had better posture. But something about him just made Nelson think the man was short. Nelson Fig, Nelson said, beaming his smile and stretching out a hand. The little man couldn't resist, though he returned the handshake with suspicious hesitation. My name is... Arnold, the man said. Nelson didn't believe that for a minute, but he didn't say so. He cleared his throat and made a pitch. Hey, buddy, he started. I don't want to impose. I can see you're a man who enjoys his privacy. But I was uh, wondering if you might know the time or even have a phone I could use. You see, I have some friends on their way to see me here, and I just want to make sure of the time. Maybe call them and check to see if they're on time. I'll, uh, get you a drink on my tab to make it up to you. No, the little man said, rather abruptly. I mean, no, I don't need a drink. Uh, I'm done with drinking for a while. I just, uh, I need some privacy, if you don't mind. Oh, no problem, Nelson said. So you, uh, don't have a phone? No, Arnold said. I left my phone in my car, and I don't wear a watch. Oh, Nelson said. Well, did you happen to see the time when you got out of your car? You just got here, right? Uh, I don't want to tell you what time it was when I was in my car last, Arnold said. His eyes darted to the door and then sank to stare at his hands on the table. 
Well, that's... It was late. Arnold interrupted. Nighttime, okay? It was dark out, hard to see. Now, if you'll please, leave me alone. Hey, okay, Nelson said, stepping back with his hands raised. No problem. Wait, Arnold whispered. If you see anyone coming in here looking for me, could you give me a heads up? Will they be looking for somebody named Arnold? Nelson asked with a wry smile. Arnold ducked his head down and said nothing, and Nelson left him to return to the bar. He finished the beer waiting for him there and waved down the bartender. Real piece of work you got there, he said when the man stopped in front of him. The bartender chuffed and wiped up a spot of condensation where someone else's glass had been sitting. Nelson sighed. Not a very lively place, huh? You know, I'm kind of starting to feel stood up. The bartender froze and looked at Nelson. A mixture of astonishment and amusement played on his face. You don't say, he said. He went back to wiping down the bar and Nelson looked up at the news. The anchor woman with the slightly bared top was gone, replaced now by a sweaty, middle-aged man wearing a gray suit. Pieces of his titanium white comb over were plastered to his cheek. Nelson chuckled. The front door squealed on its hinges and Nelson looked over, expecting to see his friends. Instead, he saw only a sallow-faced man with a bad cough slide in and take a seat at the bar. For a moment he saw the blue light outside as clearly as though he were seeing the sky through a hole in the top of a bucket. He could almost see white traces of cloud in all that blinding light. Then the door swung shut and the cool air he thought he felt was gone and all that was left was the ruddy heat of the place, the humid air and the sticky feeling of closeness, of pressure. You know, I don't do this much, the bartender said, making Nelson jump. But you've inspired me. The man's voice was the same nasally monotone as always, slightly disdainful but never outright rude. It's a nice day out. Maybe you should just, I don't know, step outside for a bit and cool off. Maybe your friends will show up while you're doing something else. Maybe you'll find something more fulfilling to do. Something more engaging than... He swept his arms around for effect. This. Nelson looked at the bartender, then at the door. He tried to put on that shining white smile that made people think they could trust him. That maybe a guy like him could be their friend. But Nelson Fig didn't make friends, not really. He earned clients. Earned them for the best damn company in the tri-state area. He was Mr. Handshake. He was Mr. Big Earner. He'd be fine just waiting a few minutes longer. Even have another beer, maybe. In his garage with the truck still on. His wife and three kids are staying with. Nelson looked up at the television and palmed a big handful of sweat off his face. The bartender had gone down to wait on the new guy. He was coughing up a storm. He looked down the bar at the guy, then at the door, patting his pockets as he did so and wondering where he'd left his phone. The beer on the bar in front of him was just a bit cooler than the others and sweat beaded up on the sides and trickled down to stain the coaster. He wondered when his friends would get there, if maybe they were standing him up after all. He thought about getting up and out of there, but what if they showed up while he was away? What would they think then? What would people at the office think? It was a long time to wait, but he had time. Time at least for another beer. That was They All Come By. What did you think? Good? Bad? Hop on Twitter and let us know at WSFairyTales. You can also email me directly if you'd like at westsidefairytales at gmail.com 
We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Westside Fairy Tales. That out of the way, I've got some news for you. We've been doing a touch of soul searching here at Westside Fairy Tales Podcast and decided we're going to change our release schedule to the first Friday of every month. Our belief is that will help us get a bit more exposure and help our listeners stay more engaged with our content. We're a small podcast, so if we take half a year off, you might forget us. We're going to pad out those missing bio weeks by making more content, however, including videos and vlogs. You can find those on our West Side Fairy Tales YouTube channel. Uh, link is in the description. So that means we'll be seeing you in two weeks. Until then, stay safe out there. West Side Fairy Tales is written, produced, read, and scored by Tyler Bell. All content here in copyright 2017, Tyler Bell. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Something's not quite right in the quiet mountain town of Targrady, West Virginia. Months after a local teen was lynched in the dead of a hot summer night, two men stand charged with murder in what the majority opinion considers to be an open and shut case. But Adelaide Stevenson, a young crime reporter from Charleston, is finding out the smallest cracks in the official narrative run far, far deeper than she could have ever expected. Join Adelaide and West by God as she navigates small-town secrets, the dubious ethics of her own profession, and the dark whispers of an ancient creature, known to some as the Witcham Woman, who prowls the shadowed hollers that lie between night and nightmare. Sent on overnight assignment to cover the start of the trial, Adelaide quickly realizes the story she's been told, and been telling, doesn't make sense. Cryptic assertions of a concrete alibi are emailed to her by the family of the accused. Nobody in town seems comfortable discussing the basic facts of the case, and the murder she's been writing about wasn't the only tragic death this summer. Adelaide extends her stay against the wishes of her editor, and her investigations take a complicated and dangerous turn as she discovers the true depths of the mysteries surrounding Targrady. The only real evidence from the night of the murder may lie in the hands of a notorious local crime family led by an enigmatic woman known as the Fetid Queen. Local authorities seem to grow more hostile by the hour, and even Adelaide's own career might not survive this assignment. Featuring an eclectic cast of characters ranging from violent and horrifying to outlandish and fabulous, West by God is a must-read novel for anybody who enjoys Twin Peaks, Stephen King, and all the creepy places you find just off the path in the woods. It is the debut novel of Tyler Bell, a USMC infantry combat veteran, former crime and courts reporter for the Charleston Daily Mail, and creator of the award-winning West Side Fairy Tales horror and dark fiction podcast. Due for release by Henlow Press in October of 2023. Learn more at westsidefairytales.com slash westbygod.